You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Barabbas probably shuddered when he saw him. But what Barabbas found even more curious is that Jesus crouched under the crossbeam and without any apprehension or argument started dragging the cross to the gate. Any other man would have argued, rebelled, refused, Any other man would have probably run, but Jesus didn't. Why? Because he loves us. The death of Jesus on the cross had to happen in order for you to be made right with God. But being so far separated from that time, it's easy to overlook the tragedy and shock of the cross. Today, as you continue to study the last hours of Jesus' life, Pastor Dion reminds you of the startling reality that Jesus willingly gave his life for you. He teaches that not only did Jesus go to the cross without argument, but he continuously reached out to people with love as he went, hoping to draw them to himself. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke, chapter 23, with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Well, guys, a lot happened on the last day of Jesus' life and ministry. Everybody say the last day. A lot happened on that last day. Jesus was betrayed with a kiss. He was abandoned by his friends. He was put on trial. He was falsely accused. He was condemned to die. All on that last day. The Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, tried to release Jesus. Pilate even announced that he intended to pardon Jesus. All of that happening one day, but Pilate says, I I don't see any fault in this man. I intend to pardon him. You see, every Passover, Pilate would release a Jewish prisoner as an act of goodwill toward the Jews. He decided that Jesus would be his pick. But the prosecution who filled Pilate's courtroom booed and they spurned. They chanted for the release of Barabbas. Here's what they said. Everybody said out loud, what? Oh, come on, like you were there. We want Barabbas. I mean, that's terrible, but we get the feel of it. They're chanting for Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a liar, a rebel, a thief, a murderer. A violent and hate-filled man with a rap sheet a mile long. He had been found guilty of murdering Romans and was sentenced to die. In fact, Barabbas was about to pick up a cross with his name on it. When a Roman soldier brought a man beaten beyond recognition to take his place. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah describes this man. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 14 says, His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human from its appearance. And one would scarcely know that he was a man. Barabbas probably shuddered when he saw him. But what Barabbas found even more curious is that Jesus crouched under the crossbeam and without any apprehension or argument started dragging the cross to the gate. 
any other man would have argued, rebelled, refused. Any other man would have probably run. But Jesus didn't. Why? Because He loves us. Say it out loud. What? Because He loves us. In fact, Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 lays it out for us. Read it with me. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God, everybody said out loud, what? But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Everybody say, because His love for us. Jesus strained with every muscle in His body to march that cross through the city streets, down what is known as the Via Dolorosa. People in the streets ridiculed, mocked, and spat upon Jesus. The only thing that kept Jesus going was His love for us. His love for me. Say it out loud. His love for me. Look at your neighbor and tell them, His love for me. Exhausted, dehydrated, and depleted, Jesus stumbled a few times under the weight of the 200-pound cross. If Jesus couldn't make it all the way to the execution site, the Roman soldier leading Jesus would be responsible to carry it. So the soldier scanned the crowd for a man to bear his burden. Let's read the passage. Now as they led Jesus away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon, a Syrian, who was coming from the country. And on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. So Jesus is making his way through the Via Dolorosa. He is struggling. He is, is dehydrated, depleted. The beating, he's lost so much blood. He has fallen. And the soldier realizes if I don't get somebody to carry the bird, I have to carry it. So he looks and scans the crowd. You see, Rome had incorporated a law. If a Roman soldier asked anyone to carry his burden, his backpack, his supply bag, anything, he would tap that person on the shoulder with his spear. And that person would be obligated to carry it for one mile. In fact, Jesus talked about this in His Sermon on the Mount. Jesus told His followers, if you're asked to go a mile... Show God's love and go to. Everybody said out loud, what? Go to. Be the person who goes the extra mile. If you didn't know where that phrase came from, right there. Look at your neighbor and say, go the extra mile. That was the rule, the law that Rome had incorporated. So the soldier could come and tap you and you'd have to take his load, his burden for a mile. Well, the soldier spotted a guy. His name was Simon. Simon wasn't a disciple. He wasn't even a local. He had no idea who Jesus was. See, Simon was from Africa. 
He had traveled 800 miles to eat Passover in Jerusalem. The trip must have been exhausting and expensive. But Passover in Jerusalem was a dream come true. Simon was probably walking the market, seeing the sights, enjoying the food, a falafel in one hand and a lime lemonade in the other. He was probably singing that Fiddler on the Roof song, Tradition, Tradition! <laughs> this guy was happier than a goat eating cockleburs, you know what I mean? When all of a sudden, a crowd came rumbling his way, people jeering, cursing, spitting, others mocking and hurling things at a man carrying a cross on his way to his execution. Simon backed up off the street to let the crowd by. He saw a tortured criminal struggling under the weight of a cross. What could this man have done to offend so many people? What could this man have done to be beaten so severely? Treason? Murder? Rape? What did this guy do? The crime was usually displayed on a sign around the criminal's neck, but it was curiously missing. That's when Simon felt the Roman soldier's spear tap him on his shoulder. Carry my burden! And he motioned to Jesus' cross. You know, there's a lot of similarities between Italians and us Norteños. So it's likely that the soldier pointed with his lips. Simon was obligated to carry Jesus' cross. He was probably livid. He had traveled over 800 miles to eat Passover in Jerusalem. And now he can't. You see, Simon will be tainted with blood and be considered unclean. The trip... The time, the expense is now a waste. Everybody say, eee. But listen, Jesus' blood may have closed the door for Simon to partake in the earthly Passover party. But heaven rolls out the red carpet for those covered in the blood of Jesus. In fact, the Apostle Paul explains it like this. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. Read it with me. Remember that at one time separated from Christ, that you at one time were separated from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Listen, that was your B.C. before you knew Christ days, right? But then read, continue reading, but now. Say it out loud, what? But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Isn't that awesome, guys? We were enemies of God, separated from God. I don't care how good we were, our nature of sin separated us. Our original sin separated us from God. We were destined for destruction. But the blood of Christ has brought us near. Hey, Simon couldn't go to the Passover party 
but he got the best seat in the house in the heavenly party. That's what the blood of Jesus does. The bloody cross may catch you by surprise sometimes, like it did Simon. It'll rumble into your life. The story of the cross, the story of Jesus. The cross will interrupt your falafel and lime lemonade like it did Simon. Or maybe for you it's margaritas and gambling and the vida loca. But the cross comes rumbling into your life. You will be challenged like Simon to take up the cross, to believe and follow. To believe and follow. Say it out loud. To what? Believe and follow. As Jesus and Simon carried the cross together, they passed some women who were crying and sobbing. They were expressing pity. But Jesus tells them, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves. Say it out loud. What? Weep for yourselves. Let's continue reading. And a great multitude of the people followed Jesus and women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, read it with me, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the greenwood, what will be done in the dry? There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Did you know that all the way to his death, Jesus never stopped trying to reach people? Never stopped trying to save people? If you've ever wondered what was on Jesus' mind while he marched towards Calvary, the answer was right here in these verses. The lost. Everybody said, what is it? What was on his mind? The lost souls. Even through all the affliction, all the pain, all the torture that he was going through, what was on his mind was the lost. Lost souls. Jesus prayed for his executioners. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus warned the crowd. He said, daughters of Jerusalem. That's an idiom for Israel. Everybody say the word, the name, what? Israel. So when Jesus says, daughters of Jerusalem, Jesus wasn't talking to the women. He was using their tears as an illustration. He was saying, Israel, don't weep for me, weep for yourselves. Because the day is coming when Rome will torture and kill you just as it has me. And it will be violent and brutal and ruthless. You see, about a week earlier, before Jesus' arrest, Jesus shared a prophecy that the temple would be dismantled. Not one stone would be left upon another. A prophecy that was fulfilled 35 years later. 
when the Romans besieged and destroyed Jerusalem. Close to a million Jews were massacred. That's what Jesus was referring to in the passage. He was saying, Israel, don't weep for me. I'm going to be with my Father. I'll be fine. But weep for yourselves. It's an appeal to repent and believe in Him. Don't weep for me. Weep, repent, and believe. Because your eternity will soon be here. Calling, knocking at your door. Beaten and bloodied on the way to His death, Jesus is still thinking about the lost. I love you. Believe in me. Believe in me. Well, Luke recorded two people who did believe. The first was a career criminal. Let's read it. They divided Jesus' garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he's the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And the inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we were receiving the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Before any crucifixion, a placard would be hung around the neck of the one being executed, and it would state his offense. Treason, tax evasion, rebellion, theft, murder. As the convict carried their cross, people would take notice. They would know what he did. Jesus' placard was curiously missing as he marched through the Via de Dolorosa. One reason the placard was missing. If you remember, Pilate, the judge, believed Jesus was an innocent man. He had been arguing for Jesus, trying to set him free. So Pilate hadn't issued a charge. So the placard wasn't made in time for Jesus as he was walking. But eventually the placard was posted above Jesus' crucified body. It was written in the three languages of the region, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. And what it read was, Jesus Nazareth, King of the Jews. Say it out loud. Jesus Nazareth, King of the Jews. Jesus Nazareth rex idiorum in Latin. In fact, many of you may have seen a cross with the letters I-N-R-I above as the statement. That's kind of an acronym or an acrostic that basically is saying that. Because they use I's instead of J's because in Latin there are no J's. Just like, you know, it's like us Norteños, we have trouble with C-H, you know, cheese and chicken and share and, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, the Italians have trouble with J's, all right? It's not in their vocabulary. You guys got it? But that's what the sign, the placard read. 
Jesus Nazareth, King of the Jews. Many read the placard and protested. It's not true. He's not our king. We don't agree. Take it down. John in his gospel says that the ACLU, no, no, I'm sorry, I mean the religious leaders argue with Pilate to change the sign. But Pilate said, the sign stays. That placard was the very first Christian billboard, the very first gospel track, the very first gospel publication. There it hung, Jesus Nazareth. King of the Jews. The thief that was crucified next to Jesus read the sign and believed. This guy was a career criminal. A man who hurt, victimized, and cheated others. A man who abused and wasted his life. And in his final hours, he confessed his sin. We deserve this, he told the other guy. And he asked for mercy. Remember me, Jesus, when you enter into your kingdom. The judge didn't even think that this guy was worthy of prison. Surely he doesn't deserve heaven, right? But let's read carefully Jesus' reply. Read it out loud with me. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. That's a good place to shout and clap right there. So here's this thief, wasted his life. Pilate doesn't even think this guy's worthy of prison. <laughs> Send this guy for crucifixion. But Jesus thinks he's worthy for heaven because he believes, he confesses his sins, and he asks for mercy. The criminal was drowning in his sin and judgment. And from the cross, Jesus threw him a life preserver. Jesus is still doing it today. When we realize we are drowning in sin and judgment, we can call out to the Savior and He will rescue us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. I want you to read it with me. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from everybody all unrighteousness. <laughs> the thief wasn't the only believer that day. He got a get-out-of-hell-free card right at that last moment. But it's so much more than that. As we cling to the simple Jesus' life changed history. When he came to earth, everything people knew shifted and a new way of interacting with God began. Jesus shows you how to live, how to love, and how to devote yourself fully to sharing the truth of God's Word. As you continue to discover the details of your incredible Savior's life, we pray you long to be more like Him. 
Seek Him in all you do and let Him change your heart to be more like His. We're so glad that you tuned in today for Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Luke. We'd like to encourage you to spend even more time studying the Word, learning about Jesus' life in this and the other Gospel books. Ask the Holy Spirit to accompany you as you read and point out the passages that He knows your heart needs to hear. We'd love to pray for you during this series as well, so please let us know how we can specifically be lifting you up to the Lord. Give us a call at 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. Do you live in the Española area? If so, come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us virtually through Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. Just follow the link to Facebook that you'll find at tmcalvary.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and join us again next time right here on The Simple Truth. for you as you work in us. May a power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together